listening to Season 3 and another episode of Beyond Clean with Dave, a service of the Academy of Cleaning Excellence. I'm your host, Dave Thompson. And since you're listening, you might as well know that you're about to hear something that has to be healthy, positive, and or progressive in the cleaning industry today. Last year, we launched the Rockstar Custodian series of motivational sessions, in addition to the tactical classes which are being instructed around the U.S. Now, industry professionals are joining us to talk, share their thoughts, and let you know what's on their mind. So turn up the sound and let's get talking. All right, folks, we welcome you to another issue or another episode, if you will, of Beyond Clean. This is a podcast version. I know you've been watching some of our videos. So as you know, we've been doing the videos and we do the podcast. So it's all Beyond Clean. There's all kinds of different ones that we're doing. So today, uh, I just want to remind you before we get started on our guest uh, that's online with us today, you always know that there's three words I start with. It's healthy, positive, and proactive. If, in fact, you've got something to say that is one of those three or all three of those, you'll be on my show. So, guess what? I've got somebody that is up in, well, the cold northeast, not down here where I am in the warm, Heidi Wilcox. Uh, Heidi, let's see if technology is working as far as you, you are there. Hey, I am here. Hi, Dave. How are you? I'm doing absolutely great. I'm probably a little warmer today than you are, though. Yeah, you are. You don't have to keep bragging about it. Uh, but we are melting the snow. We're melting the snow. There's sun, but it's cold. Well, folks, you uh, have never met Heidi Wilcox. Uh, Heidi and I, gosh, I don't know. Uh, let's tell you what. Before we go into how we met and all of that kind of stuff, who are you? I am the, who am I? That is a loaded question, Dave, <laughs> especially from the Northeast. Um, I am, or I have been called the people's or end user scientist. But who I am is, um, you know, a girl from the Northeast that, you know, had an aptitude for science and got a, few degrees and was lucky enough to end up in the commercial cleaning industry. Um, not where I thought I would be. I thought I would either be curing cancer or um, doing some other thing in science, but I ended up here and to be honest with you, I love it. I love it because I get to help people. Okay, so, let, so let's, let me ask a question because I don't even know this question. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah you, you started with science. Now, when did you start? Was that, you know, in grade school, high school, college? Yeah, so I was one of those nerds even when I was little, and they I would go to this accelerated program like once a week, and they asked me to go to, you know, the best day, private day school up here, and God love my parents. They listened to their kid who didn't want to leave her friends. So, you know, I stayed in public school, um, hindsight's twenty twenty. now I, used to, I was telling them, I'm like, I wish you had made me go, because when you come from kind of the middle class, like, you don't rub elbows with these, you know, private school elite people that later in life would have great contacts for you, right? So I went to private school and uh, realized probably in 10th grade 
that I was skipping a lot of school and I was still getting great grades and I could go one of two ways really, really badly, or I always, I wanted to go to college. I wanted to be the first one in my class, in my family to go to college. So I applied to a very exclusive private school here um, in Massachusetts and was one of three people that out of 300 that got in because they don't like to take this school. Pingree doesn't like to take kids after ninth grade. They want you to be together and kumbaya. My class was only 30, uh, 63 people. There was only 200 kids in the whole four grades back then. But there is where I kind of figured out I had the aptitude for science. Um, they, they were a very progressive school. It was semesters like college. Um, they had AP classes and all this other stuff. And while I loved, which most people don't know about me, is um, I love English and history and Shakespeare and, so you're, and things like that. So you're giving away some secrets on this podcast. Mm -hmm. I am. Oh I am. So, so wait a minute. You know, Dave, you get me talking and you hear a lot of stuff. <laughs> hey, you know, so my question here is, as you said, science. But now yep. what you're doing now is more into my, the microbiology side of science. Or or mm -hmm. how did you go? How yep. did you decide yep. what, yep. what side? Well, so it kind of came up. So fast forward quickly, I took my AP exams. I, you know, scored really high on them, got into school. I was going to go for biochemistry and I decided, oh, I didn't like the chemistry stuff so much in the beginning. So I went to microbiology and I ended up getting a microbiology degree with a chemistry minor and did a lot of things at the time when I was in college and genetics. And, uh, you know, understanding and finding unknown um, germs, microbes, viruses, and like a, in a sample and things like that. So kind of investigating. And I loved that. And I wanted to go on to be a genetic counselor. And it was a very new field 30 years ago. But things happened in my personal life. I didn't go to grad school right away. So I ended up just kind of, I got married early, ended up working, didn't work in science took me to end up being in a job as an account manager at a publishing company and us getting laid off and getting a great package for me to go back to school. So I went back for environmental science, decided I didn't want to do kind of the, the soil and air testing of pollution and went to environmental engineering. Now, you know, what you're, you, you, know, you know what you're doing for highly right now? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Making me feel about like this tall because I, you know, I'm, no. I, mean, I got, I no. got totally no. lost. I mean, I ask a biology no. question and I'm getting a lesson. No, no, you're not. You're, you, you do to me, you're the other side of the coin of what I kind of do in the industry. You deal with a lot with the leadership and the management and the understanding of different things. And I, I like to say that I get to supply the data that the industry needs and some of the science and the understanding, which we, we haven't always had in this industry. Well, and right? I think we haven't the, always had that. That's the reason that I wanted you on the podcast today with us and, and to let our audience know, you know, right here at the very start of this today is that you know, I think a lot of people think that the people that are in the industry 
can't do anything else. So this, oh. this is where we wind up. And what you're saying is you had a passion wow. for something, just like yeah. I have a passion for something. And, and when I really talk to a lot of the people that you and I associate with all the time, we find out that there's a lot of passion about what we do. That's why we're in this industry. Yeah, you're right. And you know what? It could be sometimes maybe people fell into it. So, you know, I ended up just two seconds. I ended up at UMass. I ended up at an institute there. I ended up running a laboratory that did testing for alternative chemistries. So I started my career in metal finishing and aerospace military mill spec stuff on cleaning. So cleaning metals with nasty chemicals. Okay. Okay. And then green cleaning started. And people started calling us and saying, we want to get third-party certified Green Seal Eco Logo EPA, EFE or Safer Choice now. And we need to do this performance testing. We don't know where to get it done. And do you do that? So my boss and I, which was all that was working at the lab at the time, were like, uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so and I remember him saying, I don't want to do this work. I don't want to do this work. And when I left in 2016, it was three quarters of our work. We had moved almost totally to commercial cleaning, testing and R&D and working with new startups in other companies that needed this type of work. So, so, you, you, so, so you did fall into it because that's, mm -hmm, not, what, that's mm -hmm, not what you went into. Mm -hmm, so absolutely, you know, like absolutely. us that are on the end user side, a lot of us fall into it by, you know, for me, somebody came in and said, hey, you know where these roller keys go? And I started cleaning buildings, but I've been doing it right, all my life. Right. It's my passion. Right. And, and, and that happens. There's a lot of people that I've met that they start at a very young age and realize that this can be a great job. You can make a difference. Um, and so what happened was in 2009, I'm sure you all know the big issue, the big deal about Whitey Bulger, the FBI's number one. Well, little, little to most people outside of New England, his brother ran Billy Bulger was in the Senate, was very highly educated and he ran the UMass system. Mitt Romney was our governor. He tried to get Billy who he thought knew where Whitey was to give him up because Mitt wanted to run for, you know, ran for president a couple of times, things like that. And basically I was in new Orleans at a conference on dry cleaning solvents and stuff. And I got an email saying my job was no, was being, um, I was being laid off in October. This was in January. I mean, this was in, um, June of 2010. So they told me that my job was ending and um, it's because Mitt Romney line item vetoed every UMass Institute and extra, extra line item for the UMass system trying to um, blackmail Billy Bulger into giving up his brother because most people believe here that he knew, they knew where he was for all these years. So at that time, I had been just starting to go to ISSA and IEHA and some of the other things many, many years ago, over 10 years ago. And because I heard about it and I said, look, I will go down to Orlando. I went to Orlando was my first one, ISSA. And I said, because I had a timeshare down there with my husband. So I said, I'll go down there on quote unquote vacation. <laughs> you, you know, you guys pay for my registration and give me the time off. I'll go. On my own, I said, but if I come back and say that we need to be at this conference every year, uh, you're going to let me go. 
Now you know that's, so that's why. The, now, now you know that's why ISSA what? doesn't come back to Orlando because everybody uses yeah. it as a vacation, right? So well, I loved I loved Orlando because I got to go to my timeshare for a few days, and I would go to a conference. I loved Orlando. I am so sad that they're not doing Orlando anymore. But okay, so, um, so, so you've that got, you, you you've got a, a a job that you had kind of built and and mm-hmm. now it's not. Um, Gosh, see, I didn't even know all of this. I, I'm glad I had you on the yeah. podcast. I'm learning a whole lot. Yeah. And I thought I knew something. So, <laughs> you, know, you know a lot. So basically, how we got really tied into this industry is we put out an email going, um, this is who we are as the lab. This is what we do. Does anybody kind of care? Okay, so and what, did you, what, what, what did we call the so lab at that time? You said the it lab. Was the, it was the Toxic Youth Reduction um, Institute's laboratory, we called it the cleaning, the surface cleaning lab. Because at the time it started, we were doing metals and metal finishing and a lot of, you know, um, screws and things and parts and, you know, it was all metal working. So metal tox- finishing. Toxic- so that's the other part of my life. Okay. Toxic use- Substance Use Laboratory. <laughs> toxic Use Reduction Institute. And it was the Cleaning Alternatives Laboratory. Yeah. Ah, now things come yeah. together. Now I'm yeah. starting to understand yeah. a little bit yeah. more. Yeah. yeah okay. So yeah. So we had the lab, and then um, I like to be out in the field. So that's how my career started. Was the state started getting into degree in cleaning? We reached out. IEHA, International Executive Housekeepers, said, "Yeah, we want the science. We have the end users, but we want the science." And and to me, at that time. I've always been like, um, you know, this is great for us to do in the lab, but how does it really apply in the field? So my tagline has always been theory versus reality. I have to tell you, as an end user, I always wondered who in the heck, you know, does anybody actually at that lab really know what goes on in the real world? Because Uh whenever we get it and we try to make it do the same things, it's like, this is, this doesn't work for us. And so while you were doing that mm-hmm. side, valid I'm, fight, point. I'm fighting the other side of it. Yep. No, valid point. Because a lot of times it doesn't. And a lot of times when we see certain studies that may be peer-reviewed, which means they go through a process where they're going in like a science or medical journal, which is different than, say, when I publish in trade magazines, you know, a lot of that work I'll look at and I'll, and I'll immediately go, this process is so wrong. It negates this whole study because they'll be doing a seven step process to clean and they're using these crazy things. And because they don't know the industry and they didn't consult with somebody, right. They have no idea. So, so that's the, that's the problem. Um, a lot of, so since you said that, I, I want to ask a question because I know we need to kind of oh. let people know a couple other things. But it, so yeah. that's how you came to be, and this is why we're talking today. Now you you said they need to know. So what what do you think? I always say that there is a difference between education and training. Education is what I know. Training is how I apply what I know. Is that I where like we're? That. Do you like this? Is this where we're going? Yeah. I like that, you know, and I like that. And I'm a big proponent to, you know, I I do a lot of work closely up here in New England with, um, you know, some great distributors, manufacturers, manufacturers, reps. And we're always trying to figure out how to get the supply chain on the same kind of thought process. And and not even the big 
the big definition of supply chain, the little one, like the purchasers in, in, you know, wherever you are, whatever facility, the purchasing and business people that hold the purse strings mostly now and the managers and the facility managers that understand what they need and what they want and why. And the fact that the purchasers have the, have the power to say yes or no, but they don't know what they're looking at to buy. It's not their fault. They're buying generators and mops and paint and windows. So, you know, they can only know so much. So to me, you know, we need to figure out how to educate and train, you know, some of these other people in the facility because we generally deal with the end user who knows what they want and need. You know? now, 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 now that's making an assumption that I'm not sure I'm going to quite agree with you. We, we okay. just recently, you and I were at the, um, what was it? The National School Plant Managers Association Conference here a couple of weeks ago in Baton Rouge. Yeah. And we reconnected yeah. over, I mean, you know, uh, it's been a couple of years since we talked. Um, and we've met at ISSA and IEHA stuff and everything like that. And I, yep. I knew what some of your history was in the background, but and I paid you, you not to tell people about that. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm not going to tell everything I know. All right. Good, good. And, and well, I, I got to tell you, you just told people a lot more than I knew too. So I, I know. you know, uh, just between us, isn't it? Just between yeah, us. <laughs> yeah. This this is just a national broadcast. I mean, you know, hey, it's no big deal. All right, so so the thing here is what's really interesting is when you and I both go to these conferences, and and uh, we're both going to be at the Clean Buildings Expo here in Baltimore uh, in about ten days. Right. the The whole thing is when we go to these conferences, it is about we we've got forty five minutes to an hour to educate the people that are in front of us, and I think at this one that we just went to, the the people that were there were plant managers. And what was interesting when I did my session, yep. I asked, the first question I asked was, how many people here have actually swept, mopped a, a, a floor or cleaned a bathroom? There was only three people out of about 40. Yeah, I sat in a session. Yeah, you're right. And, 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 and so what you're talking about is it is our, and I do kind of look at it as a responsibility, to professionally educate these individuals that are managing this, because these are the people that you're talking about, mm -hmm, the purchasers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, some of them. Yeah, some of them. Yeah, you know, they're the ones that are dictating, do I have the budget? Where's the budget going to go? Mm -hmm. uh, I need to put this many people in a place, or I need to move these people. They're the ones that are communicating and, and manipulating. Now, that yeah. doesn't mean I need to teach them how to mop a, a floor and clean a toilet. But it was right. just the, how much are they involved in the whole process? So I thought it was very interesting as I went through that. And I'm sure that we'll, we'll see that again here in a couple of weeks. Um, and, and you had just got through talking to them about the EVS side of it. Matter of fact, folks, if you're listening still, if, if we haven't bored you to death completely, <laughs> all right, if you're still listening now, uh, Heidi has a website, her own company. It's called WilcoxEVS.com. Now, I, I gave you a plug there for, for your business there, Heidi. Thank you. Yeah. So, so, so I think that's the thing is, is some of the message we want to talk about today is 
is the EVS side of it, where you've come from the microbiology. We're not talking about just general uh, sweeping the floor, although these are the things we do. When it comes to the science of it, and I think this is where we get caught up in the product. So much of the time when I talk with people, it's, I, I, I only like this product, or I only like that product, or I, it has to have this national label. Right. It, it's really not about that. It's actually about proving at the end what the result was. I, I have a question I always ask yeah. people, and I had a, cl a floor care class yesterday asking the same thing. Why am I doing what I'm doing, and what is the result that I'm getting? Is it more what I take away or what I leave behind? Mm, that's a, that's interesting to think about. Okay. Yeah, I think I got, about that. I think about that stuff all the time. Yeah. Funny. I, I, Heidi actually stopped a minute and didn't say something. I, I, gosh, folks, I got Heidi to pause for a moment. Well, you just were in and out. So, um, yeah, no, I like that because I think about all the time about in my work, it's about when I, when I have to prove something to a customer end user, it's generally the number I, or the, the data I give them is how much we've removed, right? It's okay. soil removal or it's um, active living cell kill. That's kind of the data to use to, you know, for removal. And I often talk about what's in product, um, that can be left behind and do we want those things left behind and many times I, I talk about that in the in the in the vein of the guise of um, application of sanitizers and disinfectants and try to explain um, when we're just leaving behind maybe you know hazardous chemicals or chemicals that can be possibly toxic with doing the actual job that we want them to do so I think about I think about that stuff a lot actually. Well, it is what we leave behind. Uh, one of the things that I thought was interesting, um, Heidi, is that uh, a couple of years ago now, they came out with a, a federal law for state uh, government uh, facilities uh, mm -hmm. that both gender restrooms had to have a baby changing table or a diaper changing table. And then I saw, right. I saw some of the people come out with protocol on how to take care of these. And what just made me cringe was these people that said to go through all this process and leave the disinfectant air dry on the baby changing table. Oh my God. Now, now these yeah, are, they, I mean, they, this is a case. Go ahead. No, this is a case where, um, this is a case where that protocol and the things that came out was written by someone sitting in an office that had never gone and cleaned or understood the chemicals used to clean or disinfect an area and what it can do to skin, to obviously infants, if contacted, it came in contact with and things like that. So these people are making serious, you know, regulations, recommendations that people are going to follow and they're just sitting in office going, how do I do this? Instead of, you know, finding the reality out and dealing with how it should be handled. And I came across that when I worked in state agency work a lot 
because we would have, I would have people that I would work with, very educated in different departments, the DPH, the Department of Public Health, or this or that, and the disconnect to what was going on today in the industry and cleaning and the products, from that to what was on the books and what they knew was kind of appalling. And all, all offers to educate their staff by our state agency went unanswered when we said, you know, we can do this for you. We all work for the same state and it's, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's amazing the things that we fight um, every day in our jobs to kind of make up for the things that are done. <laughs> you know, well, I, and I, I think what we're talking about people that are listening to us uh, today, Heidi are listening to us because they want to be here. They want information about cleaning yeah. and disinfection and health. They want yeah. to be positive and proactive. That's the why we have this podcast. So, you know, we're talking to people right now, mm -hmm. Heidi, that understand this and they want to do these things. Yes, it is always That's a great. fight to get people to change their mind. It's always the fight. It always will be, uh, quite honestly. That's why you yeah. and I have a job is because we still have to convince people. Well, that's true. And you know what? I often, when I work with people, I actually help them strategize how to educate the rest of the people they work with sometimes when we're putting in new systems and new products in there, you know, if it's a building service contractor, how they educate their customer and things like that. Um, because I wanted to say this before, as you said, you know, some people believe that people are in this industry just because it's the only thing they could do or they fell into it or it was just this last ditch effort and you know what I take offense to that I used to, I cleaned houses when I was in college many years ago and um, I like to clean and organize which is weird I think when you work on a computer 24 7 sometimes you just want to do something physical um, but I have met I've been lucky enough to be this scientists that ended up learning from some of the best of the best in the industry over the last 20 years, people teaching me, um, you know, training and process and um, products and demoing and all this other stuff and bringing me to end users. And I'm really grateful for the great people that have taught me a lot about this industry. I'll never know what a lot of you that have been in this industry for 30 or 40 years know on your end but it helps really educate me on what I do to always think all the way down to that worker that's, that's working, you know, and using these products and equipment eight hours a day. But for me, I realize that some of these people, as well as their supervisors and managers and all the way up, you know, you have to be part researcher you have to understand chemistry. You have to understand HR and people. You have to understand process. I mean, there is a lot of things that the, that facility managers have to do. That's amazing that people do not understand. It's just like my friend and I, he works for a family-owned distributor here, and they actually manufacture chemicals up here in, the, in Massachusetts. And um, he's been in the industry for like five years. He's pretty young. But he loves it and he hates it. But we, we talk all, because, you know, it's frustrating sometimes, but we talk all the time about how how his friends think he just sells toilet paper. You know. <laughs> and it's like, you know what? I don't have a problem know, with that. You know, we used to say my house was the me house. Me either. Everybody needs toilet paper. 
Yeah, please. I mean, every, every it's not a problem. You know, but I, I, but you are correct, Heidi, in the fact that a lot of people take offense to these things. And and mm-hmm. what is interesting to me is we Daryl Hicks, and, and you know Daryl Hicks. Yeah, I know Daryl. Uh, we just got through with a four-week course on the CEST course that we have here at the Academy. And we did a presentation here in Orlando for, I'm just going to say an association because I don't want to be specific yep. here on the podcast. Yep. But they would not allow me to use my trademarked phrase, I am a janitor and I save lives because it had the word janitor in it. They were so hung up on the, on the word janitor. And uh, just recently I posted on LinkedIn, you and I are both on LinkedIn. I mean, a lot of us in the professional business are on LinkedIn and I I just posted this um, message about the, um, a uh, show that I recently watched called The Resident. It's on Fox. Uh, I don't want to get into a whole lengthy thing. If you're listening to the podcast right now and you've stayed with us all this time while we yak for the whole morning, uh, <laughs> you got two people on here that can talk until the day's, come, the day's gone. Uh, but the thing here is, is as I watched this show, The Resident, I was inspired to actually take some pictures of it, uh, post a few things, put it on LinkedIn. You can find it there. You can find it on our past podcast from last week, but I think it goes to what you and I are talking. There is so much more to who we are, what we do, the importance of it. I don't want to give the whole thing away, but at the first of this show, Heidi, it showed an EVS tech coming in and taking care of an OR room after a doctor had lost a patient. Mm. And, you know, that's powerful in itself because it showed, and it was very, very real, uh, so real that if you've got a squeamish stomach, you do not want to watch the guy mop up a puddle of blood. And I'm not talking a spot, I'm talking a puddle of blood. And then it went on through the story to where this EVS technician, uh, now spoiler alert, if you don't want to hear this, fast forward. If you, if you want to watch the show and get it there, fast forward, because I'm about to tell you a few things that you might not want to hear. So I'm giving you a fast forward notice. But, you know, from his hospital bed, the EVS tech looks at the doctor and says, you know, I'm, I'm happy to work with you. I've helped you save lives all these years. And every time I go home and I sleep like a baby, and the doctor replies back to him, and I go home and never sleep like a baby. Now, I'm not going to give the end of it, but that's powerful. That's the importance of who we are and what we do. And, and I was, and when I posted this on LinkedIn, some people have still got this hang-up of the word janitor. And I'm like, get over it. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean. the, the reality of what we do, the reason that we're doing what we do it is so much more important than getting hung up on this, on these darn words. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that what's powerful about that to me is that one, I wonder what writer or what was the impetus to actually, you know, some, someone, someone advised them or somebody did something right to get that message out there or believed this. And that's, that's, that's great. You know, it's, it's important. I mean, the reason why, when I thought about it, 
when I, you know, started really getting into this industry and I went, this is so important because everywhere we go has to be cleaned. Everywhere we live, drive, you know, recreate has to be clean to some extent in our homes where we work. And it's important. It's important. And, you know, the process, the things that we use, it's just like we, we do more research on our phones and our TVs and our, and our cars than, you know, what we're spraying and wiping and putting in the air. And mostly, you know, and it, it, what I like is that in a lot of like the women's magazines and online, like this type of cleaning and going green and organic and all these things is starting to really build steam. You so know. you and I are both going to be at CBE um, here, yep. uh, what, the 26th, 7th, 8th, something like that? Yep, yep, exactly. Yep. Daryl Hicks is going to be there speaking too. What are you going to be oh, speaking good. about? I'm speaking about innovation and technology in the industry. I think it's hydro, electric, and water. I forget what the, what the it's something like, it's something hydroelectric and uh, and um well, it's, technology it's, it's, it's all pronounce. on innovation <laughs> i know i know it's all on innovation so i i tend to tell people that you know i like technology and i do things like organize my closet because i'm lazy and i want to sleep extra 10 minutes in the morning um and that i don't think things always have to be that hard i think okay, so I think so let me ask a question be, heidi is yeah. that why we're doing a podcast, not a video today? Oh, yes, because, you know, I have been a, I was a state employee for almost 20 years, and I work for myself. I am a night owl, so no one wants to see, including you. You know, I have hair that I have to, like, deal with and things. You're lucky well, I got up and took now, the wait, dog. Now, now, wait a minute. Just because I don't have hair doesn't mean you had to throw that in there. No, but you have a lovely beard, so I'm going to throw that in, you know, so lovely you're, beard. You're going to be talking about technology and innovation, and, you know, yep. I think that's interesting because, yep. you know, what we are doing here at the Academy is we're bringing technology. We're doing education through a live feed on the Internet. It's nothing new to the world, video conferencing. But in, in our area of the cleaning business, nobody's been using this. And we've been doing this for a year. Uh -huh. We're getting better at it. It's not perfect. But, you know, we're reaching out and using technology and using innovation. And, and we do talk about these things. So I think that's great. So, folks, if you've been listening to the whole thing, uh, I'm going to be up there talking about our Rockstar program. Um, Which is amazing because I saw the first one – in Louisiana and I haven't seen this presentation and I was like I was like oh because I was exhausted that day and I spoke earlier that day and I was like yeah you know I'm gonna stay a little bit to support Dave and then I'm gonna sneak out and go take a nap and I stayed to the end so that's telling you something because I was literally like I'm gonna go sleep <laughs> well, and you know what and, and as you say that I looked at the schedule and I like I'm like you know, I was the last speaker on the last day uh -huh. of the whole conference. Uh -huh. You know, uh -huh. who really wants to sit around somebody talk about being a janitor or being a custodian? Uh -huh. But yet the people that came in and then a few more people came in and yep. everybody stayed to the last. So I thought it was really interesting, Heidi, how 
I ran long and people yep. were coming in going, wait a minute, you're on I the clock. Too. You know, we need to come in here. And by the time we had a whole bunch of people in there and I looked at the guy up front and, I, and he said, don't worry about him. Just keep on going. Just keep on going. Yep. And I, I thought this is well, great. I don't know if you've done, I lost you for a second. Okay, go ahead. I, I lost you there for oh, a you Go ahead. You're back. So I don't know. I don't know. Have you, I don't know if you've done any, was that your first national school plant managers association event? For the school first plant one? managers, yes. Yeah. So, so I got to tell you, I've been very, very impressed with this group. Um, they're a national group and they have a lot of regional and state, um, also groups. And how I got involved with it is I spoke at the Virginia one a couple of years ago. A friend of mine runs that. He said, oh my God, I'm a speaker short. We can offer you like hotel and, and a plaque. I was like, you had me a plaque. And I went down and I was very impressed because for what they charge for that registration, which is under $200, you get two days of education, you get two days of a trade show, you get networking events, and the people there, and you can attest to this, I'm sure, are motivated, and they want to be there, and they ask, and, and, it's, it's, and it's a great event, and even their regional events are great, so, and then out of that, I did the, the national, and then this national, uh, but it's a, it's, a great, it's a great organization that I don't think a lot of people know about for schools because there's also there's plant managers so there's people that do maintenance there as well as do facility cleaning so that's why some of those people in your session may have been could have been maintenance but it doesn't well, matter yeah. because your message is for any department and i think heidi you're very right I, I i really appreciate that you stayed there and everything uh tomorrow i'm actually doing the florida appa conference i'm going to be doing the rock star there nice uh, when we go to CBE, the Cleaning Building Expo. By the way, folks, if you're listening to this right now, this is the first year for the Cleaning Business Expo, which is run by ISSA. So it should be a great time up there in Baltimore. I'm going to present the Rockstar Custodian there. We have a nomination form to nominate your Rockstar Custodian. It's free. It's easy to do. This is the whole thing is to recognize the people that actually are the frontline workers, the ones that supervise those frontline workers, nominate those rock star custodians. I want to go back to the resident on Fox because at the end of this, the gentleman doesn't make it. And at the end of the show, the doctor who lost his friend, the EVS technician on the, on the OR table, is now seen cleaning up the blood of his friend and patient. He cleans the OR lights, he cleans the table, he disinfects the, uh, the table itself, he puts all of the, the soil linens away, and it shows him doing a final mop, mopping out of, the, out, of the bath, out of the OR room, and the new EVS tech walks up, and he just turns to him and said, it's done. My point to this, as we want to end this show, I know we got a little lengthy today. My point is, folks, these people on the front line are very important. Whether you're thinking about what they're doing, how they're doing it, whether you're talking about what Heidi's been talking about today, the, the science behind it, this is real life and death. 
when I say we are custodians and we save lives, we do not know how much we've uh, uh, impacted those lives. We do not know what we've done. That show was powerful. It meant something to me. I, th I would say that you should watch it. Heidi, my point is to this, if you're at the Rockstar Custodian Program, if you're listening to this podcast, go to our website, rockstarcustodian.com. You never know if you're not going to be able to nominate that rock star tomorrow. So, no, I, you know, I like that you're doing this because I don't think that there's enough. These are the unsung heroes of our, you know, facilities, schools, things like that. So I love that you guys are doing this type of recognition. Heidi, it's been wonderful having you on. I know we got uh, long-winded. I'm sure that we will do this again. Um, if you've been uh, on our podcast before, if you haven't, want to make sure you understand. And the show notes, we're going to give you all the links to some of the places we've talked about, Heidi's website, uh, to the Rockstar nomination. Uh, look us up on Facebook. We're on LinkedIn. We've got YouTube videos out there. Go to the academyofcleaning.com. You can look up things there. We are literally all over the place. I'm not sure we may be the only uh, educational program for the custodial industry with a podcast. And Heidi, I really appreciate you being on our podcast with us today. Thanks. It was awesome. Actually, I had fun. So you need to invite me back. <laughs> I'm sure we will. Hey, you know what? We might even do one from Baltimore. Oh, let's do here. one from Baltimore. Yeah. That'd hey, be we're, fun. Yeah, where all three of us can get together and do it live right there. Yeah, that'd be awesome. All right, folks. Uh, say goodbye to Heidi and have a good week. Bye, Heidi.